Hey, Tom Tate here from the Talent Experience Show. So we took a quick hiatus in 2020 to focus on our live stream show, Talent Experience Live. We do that every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, all the socials. And we focused on our two big virtual events, AI and the Evolved Recruiter and IMHR. But before we close out the year, I recorded a really great interview and I want to open up 2021 with this show. So here's that episode that I recorded towards the end of the year. We'll be back with the podcast in the coming weeks. We are rebooting our audio show. So stay tuned for that. But until then, I hope you enjoy this one. Um, but you, you know, you think about the average experience where, you know, I've got you know, five other things I'm juggling at any one time, you know, all these kinds of conversations that are going on. But when it comes time to interview, you want to make sure that you've got the right, you know, the right questions, the right ways to kind of ask about the diversity of people's experiences, their perspectives, and the like, so that you can make sure that you do a, a better job of hiring and, and, and focusing on the right uh, kinds of questions that will help, you know, somebody, you know, really kind of join and be set up for success inside of an organization. Welcome to the Talent Experience Show. This is your look at what's happening right now in recruitment, talent acquisition, talent management, and HR tech. This show is proudly brought to you by Phenom. We are a global HR tech company with the purpose of helping a billion people find the right job. That is not a typo, truly a billion. You can learn more about us over at phenom.com. So if you've been following this podcast from the beginning, you'll know that we kicked things off in March. And that was just after Phenom transitioned from working in a super vibrant and cool office environment to going 100% remote unexpectedly almost overnight. And it's now almost November and we're still pretty much remote. It's been quite the transition. And I know that this mirrors the experience of countless organizations and employees all across the globe as they've had to navigate some of these shifts in how we work and how we collaborate in response to the pandemic and economic changes. Uh, It's been a super interesting ride for me, interesting ride for many. And one of the most fascinating observations that I've seen is how integrated communication technology uh, has become in our daily lives and how the tools that we use are becoming more and more important and how they continue to innovate to serve the needs of the people who use them uh, in light of so many changes. So one of our favorite tools here at Phenom is Microsoft Teams, which if you haven't been paying attention to Microsoft Teams, it's really transforming the way that people do work. Uh, So without further delay, I'm really excited uh, to bring our guest on today. We have Mike Amerlon. Uh, He is the Director of Ecosystem Marketing for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft, of course. Mike, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Happy to be here. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to have this this conversation. You know, we've spoke uh, briefly uh, about you know your role at, at Microsoft and some of the awesome things that the Teams is doing, and uh, we're excited to also be working on our integration with Microsoft Teams. Uh, so that kind of kicked off this conversation. But before we jump into a couple questions, I'm curious if you could tell us a bit about your background at Microsoft, kind of your history with the company, and what is your current role. Yeah, so uh, I've been actually at Microsoft for about 21 years now. So you know, in the tech industry, that's you know at least four lifetimes, I think. Um, but yeah, I've, yeah. I've been at Microsoft. Uh, you know, one of the great things about Microsoft is that they have you know so many different things that Microsoft is working on at any one time. Whether it's 
you know, games or commercial software or working on cloud software, those kinds of things. And so through through my career, I've been able to work on products like SharePoint and uh, Excel and Yammer. I uh, worked on uh, you know combat flight simulator for a little while, those kinds of things. Uh, typically working on the product side, so focused on building those products. But uh, now I'm uh, on the marketing side and focused on you know the kinds of experiences that people can build on top of Microsoft 365, which you know includes you know products like Office, you know Word, Excel, PowerPoint, includes things like uh, you know Microsoft Teams, uh, SharePoint, and and a whole bunch of different uh, ways that people are actually uh, extending and creating their productivity experiences. So. It's pretty nifty. Um, I get to see a, a lot of the cool experiences that people are building to help make, make people more effective, you know, to help them be more productive, more collaborative, you know, to, to achieve more fundamentally. And so there's a lot of great perspective that that I get to see in my role, which is really fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I saw a bit of that firsthand. I started my career as a, a project manager. And one of my first major projects was a large scale SharePoint implementation. Uh, for a property management company that had offices all across the United States. And, you know, we were bringing in, uh, and, and this was, you know, 14 years ago, so this yeah. was a long time ago, right? And managing documents back then, a lot of it was was uh, faxing paper documents. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and when we talk about uh, productivity and efficiency and collaboration today, uh, we forget how far we've come. You know, uh, SharePoint was allowing us to scan and, and really collaborate with documentation and you know, crazy way that we almost take for granted now. Um, so I think I think everyone has had some direct experience with Microsoft Office's suite. You know, we all know Word, Excel, Outlook, PowerPoint. We use those at home and in the office. Uh, but for some organizations, if you've never had access to something like a SharePoint or Microsoft Teams, uh, I'm curious if you can kind of give a quick elevator pitch or description of what is Microsoft Teams um, and how would you describe its main function in the workplace today? Yeah. So Microsoft Teams, you know, it starts with this concept of, you know, kind of a chat-based workspace. So this is a place where your teams can go come together. They can have a, an open chat space where everyone can sort of add their own inputs and those kinds of things. Uh, and then there's a whole raft of other tools around that, you know, things like files, you know, other applications uh, that you can kind of bring into it to kind of help every team more, be more collaborative. The other side of it is that it also is your connection to meetings. And, you know, maybe if you want to you know, take a chat-based conversation, you want to have a meeting around it, you want to extend the conversation, you want to add some video to it, uh, it does that too. But but there's this governing philosophy that by, you know, pulling together more different workloads into one place uh, and making that more open and transparent for everyone to kind of see and to be able to work upon, um, that you make can make everyone a little bit more productive. I mean, I think one of the things that we found is that, you know, people are in twice as many teams as they were, you know, maybe five or 10 years ago. Um, I think it's in part because, you know, there's just this higher need for collaboration inside your company, outside your company. And so having a tool like Teams where, you know, all these things can be brought together can really help make people more productive. I think the other side of it, too, is that, um, you know, by having this open chat-based workspace, um, you, you know, a lot more information becomes, you know, easy to consume, easy to see. You don't have to worry as much about, you know, who's on the two line, who's on the CC line in the, in the email, um, such that, you know, for example, if you leave the team, all of those emails that you had and all that history of the project would, would leave along with that. Um, by moving more things into a chat-based workspace, you make you know the decisions more open, more transparent, more searchable, um, and so it's it's kind of a really great way for teams to come together and work. And, and Teams you know provides all those different facilities all in one place. Yeah, in a lot of ways, you know, it it, it does emulate some aspects of kind of that open office environment. You know, that I think a lot of companies were getting you know acclimated to. Um, 
And in 2020, when we think about how this year has progressed, right, the way that we interact and, and rely on communication and that level of transparency, um, it, it's critical, right? And I think that we're so used to being able to swing our chair around, you know, and have a yeah. conversation with with uh, our teammates that are in close proximity, you know, whether it's a, a quick 30 second uh you know, kind of powwow, quick 30 second chat, or even just, Hey, you want to go grab, grab a room real fast, you know, and kind of iron out this problem and come up with a solution. Um, all of those things that happen physically, it now needs to happen virtually or asynchronously. Right. So I'm kind of curious, you know, I'm assuming that if you look at the Microsoft teams product roadmap back in February of 2020, it probably looks a bit different than what the roadmap ended up being. Right. Yeah. So how quickly and, and how, uh, did the team approach kind of regrouping and then redesigning new features and functionality? Because I know you've been releasing a lot of really awesome stuff and, and it it seems to complement the situation that so many organizations are in right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the first challenge was really, okay, in February, March, you know, we just saw such an uptake in usage. I think things like, for example, you know, your average, you know, amount of time that people would spend in meetings and teams, you know, would grow by a factor of five, six, seven, or eight, you know, those kinds of things. And so, you know, the, the load that was being pushed on was, was one change. And, you know, that was kind of, I think speaks to a little bit to the power of cloud software, which is okay. You know, certainly our engineers and our engineering teams were doing some really heroic and sort of, you know, well, big things, I guess I should say, heroic is maybe a bit far, but you know, they're doing a lot of work to kind of make sure that we could scale to handle that load. But because you have cloud software, you know, part one is like, you know, it was awesome that it was able to kind of go scale to that. And, and you know, every organization in the world didn't necessarily have to go scramble to go put, you know, deploy more servers and like, so part one was just, you know, keeping up with the load, you know, basically going ahead and, uh, and, uh, you know, really, you know, scaling up the overall load that, that, you know, we were serving all these new meetings and all these new customers that were looking to go use it. And so that's part one, but yeah, part two, of course, there's also just the human factors, you know, side of, of, you know, more people using meetings. So one of the things we saw, for example, was, you know, meetings would have twice as much video in them as they did before. Um, and of course, you know, people would be having a lot more meetings. And so we accelerated certain capabilities like, you know, noise cancellation and those kinds of things. If people have background noises and the like, um, you know, I mean, for example, sometimes, you know, pe maybe people are eating, you know, because it's their lunch break or something like that. But, you know, you want to kind of cancel out that noise or maybe mute out that noise. I think other features like, uh, for example, the ability for people to, you know, in a meeting of, let's say, 30 people, you know, in a, in a, in a remote meeting, it can be a little bit harder for people to kind of maybe, you know, communicate those nonverbal cues of like, Hey, I'd like to say something, or I'd like to go speak. Um, so, you know, having a, you know, hand raise feature where somebody can basically just indicate that they wish to speak so that people can then go see that and they can go include more people in the conversation. I think a number of features like that were, were pretty important to kind of make, you know, meetings of all sizes more effective all up. And then, you know, we've done a lot more research in, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, the things that people are doing and, and the effects that, for example, having more people spend the entirety of their days in remote meetings and, you know, even some of the social changes, um, you know, that we've been doing a lot more research on that and some of the impacts uh, that that's been having on people and, and responding our adapting our product roadmap to fit that, too. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. So we hear a lot about, you know, video conferencing fatigue, right? And and kind of the just like you said, you just you're spending half the day staring at a screen. Um, video on, video off, you know, you're, you're still just kind of glued to it almost, you know, uh, and that's certainly been a shift. Uh, are there some additional, you know, kind of wellness features or some additional features that you're exploring uh, to kind of combat that or, or help alleviate some of uh, those challenges? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think some of the some of the things we were researching. I mean, we have, of course, polling and talking to our customers, and and all those are different factors. We also have like a human factors lab, and so we're actually running experiments even before COVID to kind of you know measure the impact of remote work experiences and attending meetings and those kinds of things. And so, you know, one of the things we did was we had folks that were hooked up to EEG devices uh, that would monitor sort of their overall brain waves as they did different tasks, you know, for for remote work and the like. And one of the things we definitely found or, or definitely saw was that. The amount of, you know, intensity of, of, I guess, brain action, so to speak, as you're, you know, attending maybe a, a remote meeting, uh, you know, is actually increased. Uh, and so, yes, in that sense, you know, the fatigue that you might get from attending a full day of video meetings actually can be increased. And, you know, maybe your, 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 your thoughts are maybe as good as mine in terms of why that is, you know, seeing yourself on camera, seeing other people on camera, you know, just something else that, that maybe impacts that. But, but the real implication of that is that, um, you know, you can start to design features a little bit more differently in the product to kind of reduce that overall cognitive load. And so, for example, we have, you know, a, a feature that we introduced called together mode. And what this does is it actually shows maybe, you know, 20 people that are in your meeting, but rather than showing them as just blocks and, and kind of a wall of faces, um, you know, it actually puts them in kind of a, a simulated kind of realistic environment, like you're looking at a, an auditorium kind of a view. And we found that this kind of view actually tended to decrease the overall amount of, uh, you know, uh, you know, fatigue and those kinds of things that it would, you know, a video meeting might engender on on a person. I think the other side of it, of course, is that it also just drives the need for, uh, you know, organizations for teams to actually adapt their practices as well. So, um, you know, for as an individual, making sure that maybe you schedule your time for yourself, you know, every two hours when fatigue starts to set in, maybe give yourself a five minute break, ten minute break, half an hour break, and the like, uh, and those kinds of things. And so. You know, also just setting yourself, uh, you know, up for, you know, having those little breaks throughout the day to kind of give your brain a little bit time to recharge, to give yourself time to go focus and go get some work done too. you know, sometimes outside of a meeting, like those can be really big factors in helping reduce the overall impact of the load of, you know, those, those, those meetings and the like. Yeah, I, I know, you know, we spoke briefly in the past, and, and we were talking about you know, for a lot of people, one of the things that is missing in their day is that commute time, you know, and yeah. being able to kind of uh, separate work-life balance physically yeah. uh, and, and temporally with with a commute, whether it's a 15-minute commute or, or maybe even a 45-minute or an hour train ride, you know, so being able to find ways to inject some of those breaks in the day uh, can certainly be helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I, you know, of course, everyone's familiar with nobody really enjoys, you know, 45 minutes of sitting in traffic. But, you know, the 45 minutes of listening to a podcast about your favorite sports team or about some other topic, you know, actually, you know, it looks like it serves kind of this really valuable role to help people kind of decompress and to kind of, you know, maybe switch from work mode into, you know, home mode or life mode or, or however you might want to phrase it. Um, and so one of the cool capabilities that we're adding to Microsoft Teams, for example, is this kind of concept of a virtual commute too. you know, and basically what it is, is it's, it's kind of a button, you know, inside of Microsoft Teams that says, hey, I'm really re ready to wind up my day and, and to wrap it up. Uh, and so when you press that, it'll probably ask you to look at, you know, some maybe any outstanding tasks just to make sure that you wind down some things that maybe you're looking to complete by the end of the day. Um, but other than that, I think that kind of cue of like, okay, I'm ready to kind of switch out of work life into, you know, again, home life, uh, you know, and those kinds of things, I think can be a huge value, uh, you know, and, and can replicate maybe some of the things that we're getting from our commutes and the like. Yeah, that's such a great employee engagement feature. Um, and in addition to that, right, in addition to providing some of these much needed wellness features, uh, I know that Teams is bolstering collaboration between 
Teams and between cross-functional teams, uh, Phenom recently integrated with Microsoft Teams so that recruiters and hiring managers, you know, two uh, individuals that you know typically have to c- communicate and collaborate a ton, you know, in the hiring process, they now have quicker and streamlined access to candidate profiles, real-time interview assessments, uh, scheduling tools to create and manage calls within Teams with candidates. Uh, we're really excited about this this integration because it allows those hiring managers to interact with. Uh, phenom workflows, which typically would have been behind an app, uh, an additional login, an addi- additional tool that they'd have to learn uh, to ch- check frequently. Uh, they don't have to do that anymore. Now they, they're able to just access all of that within uh, what we've been referring to as like your everyday app, you know, which would be like Microsoft Teams. Um, so I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, what's the vision for the app ecosystem that you're building in Teams? Uh, is, is it meant to be kind of that one-stop uh, location where you can access all the information, all the data you need to collaborate and work throughout the day. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for kind of the the broader concept of flow and focus, which is this idea that you know when you get more uninterrupted breaks or you you have less things that distract you, you're able to kind of get you know more work done. You're able to get you know more creative work done and and higher level kinds of things that are available to you. So by bringing more applications into one place by you know eliminating things like okay I have to go switch into a different browser I have to go type in a URL I have to go sign in those kinds of things yeah that that takes like 40 seconds to go do or something like that but but what's more significant about that is that that kind of breaks up your flow that kind of you know forces you to switch gears now you're looking at different screens you're looking at different options a different experience and so those kinds of you know uh, context switches and those kinds of things can really sort of you know decrease the overall net level of productivity in addition to just taking up more time. And so by integrating more applications, you know, by integrating, for example, your, your, your recruit process, your talent management process, you know, into applications like teams or, or other places, you know, and, and reducing the overall amount of sign in by having everything just kind of flow together. Um, you really can change the, the net perspective of productivity. I mean, we did some research, you know, for example, that found that, okay, you can probably save people about, you know, somewhere between something like 60 to 100 hours a, a, a year if you sort of focus on integrating all these different applications together and really putting them together, which, you know, that's two weeks of time of, of work time that you're saving people that they can go use to go, you know, focus on higher level tasks, making strategic decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it adds up, it adds up the, the notion that you have more and more of these tools integrated and all in one place and more discoverable for everyone to go use. I like the point of focus too. You know, one of the the features that really stood out to us is that in meeting side panel. You know, that ability to customize kind of what that side panel looks like when you're having conversations with a candidate or you're having video conference conferencing, um, because typically that would happen in an adi- additional tab or window. You know, you would have your notes up, um, and you'd be tabbing away from the conversation. You know, unless you had some split screen, but you'd be tabbing away from the conversation, losing eye contact with with uh, the candidate. Um, and I think that, you know, when we talk about fatigue too, with video conferencing, a lot of it might have to do with the fact that we have so many tabs open at any given time. You know, we have all these different applications running. Um, when you can have the essentials in one spot, uh, it feels like it really does promote that that level of focus. Yeah, I mean, out of sight, out of mind, which, you know, unfortunately, is probably a little true in the sense of if if you don't have that right information as you're having those conversations, as you're having those meetings, there's a good chance you may not be able to weave it in. Um, you know, I, I know, like when I'm doing a presentation, sometimes if I don't have the right things in my notes, you know, despite my best intentions, I kind of forget to present some things sometimes, you know, and so it's always something where I'm always trying to make sure that as I'm presenting, I've got the right notes there. Well, you know, this is kind of the same kind of concept, which is, 
as you're having those critical job interviews or those conversations about, you know, uh, you know, meetings and those you know, talent reviews and those kinds of things, having the right information right in front of you can be the difference between sort of introducing a key point or asking a key question, you know, maybe more significantly uh, and not. And that's a huge deal. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, from transitioning towards, you know, kind of the hiring and talent acquisition space, you know, having been hired, I know you've been with Microsoft for quite a while. So the last time you've been hired was was quite a while ago. Uh, but, you know, perhaps you've done some internal interviews as well. And I, I'm assuming you've also been uh, heavily involved in hiring at Microsoft um, and being on interview panels. I'm kind of curious now, like, as you're getting deeper into some of the future innovations of Teams, uh, what are some of the exciting ways you think this technology is going to continue to transform the talent acquisition space and kind of how we continue to collaborate with these various workflows? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think I think my experience as, you know, maybe a, a civilian, if you will, and sort of the broader hiring, you know, I've done some hiring. Yes, there are internal interviews at Microsoft, too. And so you always want to prep for those and, and the like. Um, but, you, you know, you think about the average experience where, you know, I've got you know, five other things I'm juggling at any one time, you know, all these kinds of conversations that are going on. But when it comes time to interview, you want to make sure that you've got the right, you know, the right questions, the right ways to kind of ask about the diversity of people's experiences, their perspectives, and the like, so that you can make sure that you do a, a better job of hiring and, and, and focusing on the right uh, kinds of questions that will help, you know, somebody, you know, really kind of join and be set up for success inside of an organization. And so, you know, when you've got someone like me who's kind of coming into it and doesn't maybe have all the time in the world to kind of, you know, that kind of experience of, of really hiring, it, it can be so critical to kind of make sure that, you know, as you're having that meeting, as you're prepping for it, you know, having the right questions. And so some of the capabilities of, you know, again, that Phenom has been able to take advantage of for extending meetings are, are you know, going to make a huge deal uh, and a huge impact, especially when you consider large organizations like Microsoft, where we have so many people have to do hiring types of tasks. I think the other really uh, you know great idea that we're seeing a little bit more of is um, you know people would what they'll do is they'll maybe tend to set up you know teams workspaces just for specific tasks and and for specific roles and so you can imagine a world where you know more talent management experiences hiring experiences will you know, maybe set up a workspace for you know focusing on a job requirement and those kinds of things so that the recruiters and the you know, individuals can collaborate they can ask questions they can further hone you know maybe the strategy for recruiting the right folks you know to to fill this kind of a role um, you can have the you know all the material the resumes, all those kinds of things in one place. Um, and so by coalescing all of this, uh, you know, this data, these conversations, all the documents, you know, into one location, you make it so much easier for people to kind of come in, see everything that's going on uh, and, and make some decisions. And so these kind of tailored workspaces that are focused on specific tasks, like hiring for a position, um, I think you'll see more of those kinds of experiences, you know, you know, manifested in applications like Microsoft Teams too. Yeah, when those those uh, conversations about you know what is the right fit for this role, what skills are required, um, and starting to understand like the early parts of the process, when that's all done through email, and you mentioned this earlier, you do have to worry about are the right people CC'd, uh, are we is everyone in the loop, is everyone involved in these email threads, and if one email becomes another email, and then they start to balloon into multiple threads, it's hard to find information that was previously discussed. So I definitely see that as being such a huge benefit, you know, moving from uh, which would have been uh, either, you know, a few closed meetings with a few people uh, where the information doesn't get shared at mass or 
those email threads that can get unwieldy very quickly yeah. uh, into Microsoft Teams uh, workspaces. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think for an organization like Microsoft, at least, just speaking for our experience, I mean, sometimes people change roles, people move to different positions, and you know, even even mid hiring process and those kinds of things, and so. You know, losing that knowledge that somebody might have or, or the context that they might have been putting into, you know, how do we want to, you know, uh, you know, find the right person, find the right skills, those kinds of things for this position. You kind of hate to see that get lost when people, you know, transition roles and, and they take their inbox with them, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, putting more things into a chat based workspace can be a huge help there. Yeah. The, the other feature, too, that that um, we're experimenting with at Phenom with Microsoft Teams as well is the ability to have kind of a, a bot be able to respond to frequently asked questions, you know, so being able to free up recruiters and HR uh, professionals who typically would have to manually answer a lot of questions that might come through um, with uh, kind of bot assisted uh, frequently asked questions and providing the right answers in context uh, that I think that's gonna be super helpful for HR teams, especially uh, to kind of win back some time in their day so that they can focus on more meaningful activities. Awesome. Well, Mike, uh, this has been great. Uh, I have one quick question and then I will turn it over to you as well. If you have any final thoughts or anything you want to share. Um, I'm very curious always on what the future of work looks like and particular, particularly after 2020, what the future of remote work will look like. Um, I'm curious if, if you have any thoughts on what that's going to look like. Also, if you think it's here to stay, you know, one of the things that I'm really wondering is, are companies as kind of the pandemic uh, becomes uh, more and more under control, are companies eager to go back to the workplace? Uh, do you think that companies are settling into remote work and kind of unlocking productivity and efficiency and they will continue down that path? Uh, just in your conversations and in your observations, uh, I'd love to, you know, as kind of quick final thoughts, know what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when we, you know, talk to people, when we do some surveys, I, I think we did a survey where we found something like 82% of managers expect to probably have more flexible work from home policies. And I think it was something like 70 some odd percent, I should know the exact number, something like 70% of people expect to actually take advantage of more flexible work policies that their organizations might put into place. Um, so I think some facet of uh, you know, maybe every meeting will have, you know, kind of a virtual component through something like Microsoft Teams, you know, to capture the folks that might be working in, in you know, remote locations, you know, being able to kind of better fit, you know, the, the kind of lifestyle that they want and those kinds of things. I think some facets of that are definitely going to be here to stay um, and, and the like for sure. I do think that um, for as, you know, as great as Teams is and for as great as, you know, it is to be able to, you know, for example, have meetings to, you know, connect with your colleagues, to ask them how their weekend is, all that kind of good fun stuff. Um, you know, I, I know I personally sort of look forward to, you know, getting back to the workplace, being able to just, you know, water cooler chat literally over the, well, you know, coffee maker anyway, sure. um, those kinds of things. Um, I, I think there's still something to be said for that kind of, you know, that connection that you get from, from in-person meetings, you know, you know, even if it's just every two months or something like that, there's a huge benefit there. So I, I do think, you know, yes, there will be, you know, a, a great uh, new flexibility that people get, but, you know, having those, uh, you know, in-person sync ups, you know, whether it's every day inside the office, maybe it's four days a week, maybe it's three days a week. Um, I, I think that that will be something that we all kind of gratefully re return to. I know I will gratefully return to as well. Um, and, and, you know, and I think for the most part, you know, probably have some sense of a return to kind of, yeah, everyone working in one office, one location. I mean, I think of, for example, of the folks on, on my team that were, you know, you know, hired, you know, post COVID post, uh, you know, shutdown or shelter in place. Um, I, I feel like, you know, those, those people must, 
you know, they must be having an extra hard experience because they don't have that benefit of being able to you know, go down the hall and ask someone, you know, tap on their, uh, you know, tap on their desk and say, hey, quick question about this and that. Of course, they can do one on one chat. And that's a huge capability of an application like Microsoft Teams. Um, but there's still kind of, a, you know, different people have different engagement styles. And, and, you know, the fact that some of our new hires are missing that ability to just kind of ask somebody over their shoulder a question, like, I, I feel like that that's kind of a su- suboptimal thing, you know, fundamentally, it's not great. Uh, yeah, so. I, I, I agree with you. And I always have said, you know, there's, there's definitely some uh, unique value uh, in multiple disciplines, not just in marketing, uh, not just in HR, but in multiple disciplines to creatively solve a problem with a group of really smart people and a whiteboard, uh, you know, and just kind of get into the room and, and kind of let kind of the, um, I don't want to use the word magic because it's a little intangible, but kind of let the magic of uh, being in the same space and kind of attacking the same problem uh, and letting it be open to wherever the conversation goes. Um, I haven't seen that 100% emulated over video conferencing, you know, and I haven't seen one specific uh, technology solution be able to kind of uh, emulate that that kind of magic. Uh, so I, I agree. Like, I definitely think there are elements of the remote work and flexibility uh, that will be here to stay as well. Uh, but then I always think we'll be craving uh, and trying to find and obtain kind of those, those moments, whether it be the water cooler talk, um, the over the shoulder conversations or those whiteboarding sessions, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Mike, thank you so much. Any uh, parting words before we uh, close out today? No, no, I look forward to, you know, I look forward to the integrations getting released and seeing how people react to it. I mean, I do feel like, you know, meetings are, you know, that's where decisions get made. That's where big things happen. And so, you know, yes, there are always meetings that are not as effective as you might like, but, you know, any chance to kind of really make a meeting a better experience, especially something like a hiring meeting, you know, so critical. Like, I think it'll be, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, Phenom's integration to a number of these other integrations, like maybe some whiteboarding ones, um, you know, sort of really come out and start to help people, you know, have better and more focused meetings. I think it's, it's, it'll be really exciting. Yeah, well, we definitely appreciate uh, partnering with you. We're excited for our integration as well. Uh, we appreciate your purpose and mission over at Microsoft Teams to kind of bring that focus and bring that flow uh, to to all of us who are, you know, working hard to continue to provide value at our various organizations. Uh, Mike, thank you again. Yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to uh, continuing the conversation with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great conversation. 